Hello and welcome to our next edition of Adventures in Auditing with the Salt Lake County Auditor's Office. I'm Richard Yossi, Chief Deputy Auditor. My name is Chris Harding. I am the County Auditor. And we're coming right the, on July 5th, right after the 4th of July. hope everybody had a great uh, 4th of July. And Chris, do you want to take a minute and talk about or introduce what we're going to talk about today? Uh, so yeah, we want to go more in-depth about uh, our audit process, uh, how we choose what we're going to audit, who we're going to audit, uh, what we're going to look at. Uh, we want you know, to kind of give people a, a flavor of the auditing industry of, of what we do, uh, that it, it's not just, you know, oh, so-and-so cut me off as I was getting into the government center this morning. Let's go, let's go look at them. But it's, it's more risk-based approach. We, we want to look at uh, where the number of, you know, in an area where transactions are high or the dollar amount's high, or maybe the entity just hasn't been audited for a while. Uh, and kind of give people an idea of, of how we're choosing where to look. So with that, do you want to, um, maybe let's first talk about about the office, how we're set up, and then maybe that little process of when we do a countywide audit, what, what do we look at? Yeah, so our office, we have a, a tax side and an audit side. Obviously, we're focusing on the audit side uh, for this episode. And our auditors, we have... Uh, an audit director, uh, two audit managers, and essentially two teams. Each audit manager has a team of about five or six auditors, and there's a uh, a lead senior auditor on each team, uh, generally someone who's uh, got a little bit more experience, uh, a little bit more familiar with the audit process. Um, so it's clear, like, Chris, you're... You, you, you ran on an importance of having audits. You've talked before the council numerous times, uh, and of course the mayor's in those meetings too, about why it's so important to have a county auditor. So so wh- why does that matter for, for county governance, for taxpayers? Why is auditing so important? Yeah, w- without an, an, a solid audit function, you are just trusting and, well, hoping that you're uh, property taxes and, and money that the programs, the the government, the local government, uh, in this case, Salt Lake County, you're, you're just hoping that people are doing the right thing and that they're spending money wisely, that programs are efficient and economical. Uh, because as wonderful as local government is, uh, there is no uh, government uh, program or individual who goes in and kind of checks on people to make sure they're they're doing right uh the right thing spending money uh correctly that's the an auditor's job and an auditor's function uh and kind of like you know i always take it back to my kids you tell them to clean their rooms and they tell you it's done uh if mom and dad never go down and, and check to make sure the room's clean you know if we skip a few weeks generally the the how well our kids have done kind of starts to regress a little but if mom and dad check out their rooms every week it's a it's a good result you can definitely tell when we've slacked off a little bit and it's the same with any any entity uh, whether it's a business or a a local government somebody's got to be there to have that instill that trust with verification mentality like we don't assume our our 
wonderful teammates throughout the county are are criminals, but we also don't assume that they're they're angels. We we know that we're we're human, they're human, and mistakes are made. And yeah, well, and I think that's one thing um, I've discovered as I, I've worked in this office is audit reports generally tend to you know just by the nature of an audit report dwell on quote the negative the the problems um but these audits are very thorough very backed by by evidence and it's just the nature that the audit report dwells on things that need to be improved upon but that doesn't mean that you know an agency or an entity is doing horrible so chris as the elected salt lake county auditor who, who can you audit uh, the, the nexus for our, um, uh, statutory duties is, is uh, that the way I understand it is that it's any county program, any county department, wherever county dollars are being spent, uh, we can take a, a look at it and, uh, include it in our, our risk assessment, uh, for the county. And that's what we do is we plan our audits each year. We, we try and look you know, historically, where have we been auditing? Uh, are there new programs or entities uh, where we haven't looked at in the past? And, and again, back to the where's the highest number of transactions? Where's the largest amount of dollars being spent? Uh, because y- y- you don't want to spend uh, dollars to, to chase pennies. Sometimes it's even... Uh, a bigger ratio than that. We we want to make sure that our auditors are are looking at areas where there's the highest risk, the highest uh, dollar amounts. Um, yeah. So so it's not necessarily like you said earlier. Who cut you off in the parking lot? We we take a look. Um, you and I have developed one audit plan. Um, you know, you've been in office for year and a half and we uh we inherited an audit plan but that's one thing we looked at is who hadn't been audited for a while also the risk assessment so like for example right now we have two county-wide audits um one on payroll and one on travel and this should be no surprise to the agencies who are being audited because they've already had meetings but how does the audit team decide which agencies and entities within county government are going to get audited on those countywide audits? That's a, a great question, Richard. So initially, the auditors, when, when we talk about on a high level, what we're trying to accomplish with an, an audit, say travel, for instance, uh, our auditors, as, as we communicate with them, kind of the vision of where, what we're wanting to look at, the, the goals we're trying to accomplish, they'll go in and, and they actually, as required by the uh, generally accepted governmental auditing standards, they, they start to learn about, like in this case, everything related to countywide travel. Uh, where, When is it appropriate to travel? What are all the criteria that have to be met? Who has to sign off for what? So they kind of go in and do some research first, and then they pull some preliminary reports uh, by department. And it's not Richard and I making these judgment calls that's that's the expertise of our of our audit teams the uh, uh 
audit staff will uh, have meetings with the, the managers and director and kind of discuss what they're seeing, where they feel the uh, risk is. They'll have discussions about, you know, to kind of play the devil's advocate, how could fraud uh, be committed in this area? How could just waste and abuse be committed in this area? Where they want to test? And then they'll kind of talk about it as a team to, to try and flesh out um, where the risk is going to be. And then they, they pull their sample, their selection of, of entities they want to test. And then it, it's, a, it's quite involved for a countywide audit because, as you know, there's different departments, such as maybe the health department, maybe all the folks in Parks and Rec or the library. And when they land on, okay, we want to test this department, uh, there's, a, there's a whole chain of command over that, that entity. Uh, just because they've had an entrance conference with one department, say the health department, doesn't mean that Parks and Recs knows what's going on uh, as far as the audit goes too. So they have to, uh, once they've picked their sample, they have to reach out, schedule entrance conferences with each of these folks and, and just make them aware of what's going on. And, and I know another thing that, uh, that factors in, and this is where you and I play a role, is if there's been a, a tip to the fraud hotline. So we, we do have a, a, a hotline that county employees, the public, contractors can submit a fraud tip. Um, right now, in our payroll audit, there, there was a tip that, um, and we won't go into who the agency is yet, let's save that for, for our audit, but there was a, a report that a department was just giving overtime pay willy-nilly, um, there were no procedures. In fact, people were encouraged to submit potentially fraudulent overtime. So we included that. Fortunately, we were doing an audit on payroll, and the team has um, the agency's aware of it, aware of the tip, and they've been looking into that um, to to see if what is alleged is true, um, and they'll report back, and hopefully that'll be a part of an, a, a future episode. Yeah, that's a great point, Richard. When with audits, it's uh, the whole process is is live. You don't just look at your end goal and then pull the trigger, and it's a a process with these blinders on where you never look up. Uh, auditors, well, depending on the auditor you're talking to, they can like or dislike what we call scope creep. But in every audit, it's inevitable that as you dig down further as an auditor, as you ask questions and get a better understanding from management, the audit can take different twists and turns. And one of those uh, is is with tips from outside entities, outside uh, personnel. And yeah, if an audit, if a tip comes in that is relevant to an audit, we will try and, again, assess the risk uh, to the county from that tip. We'll you know, can we test it? Is there ways that we can check in on this? And then, yeah, we'll incorporate steps to, to flesh out that, that fraud tip in our audits. Um, and that's just, yeah, another one of the ways that an audit can take a different twist or turn. Yeah, and th that's, um, Chris, an important point is it's not like when our auditors go into audit an entity that they know the the end in mind when they start, like, this is what we're going to find. This is what we're going to write. Um, you know, it can take some twists and turns. And some of that is why some of the audits may take longer than we anticipated. 
But I think the biggest key is the entity or agency who's being audited, they are involved in the process. They know because we're gathering information, we're asking questions, where this audit is headed or some of the, the different paths that are that were unintended when the audit started. Yeah, correct. That That's part of the process of being an auditor is if something doesn't make sense and, and as an auditor, you know, cash, say cash in this department is the policy says they're supposed to deposit it every day and you see cash, you know, support showing that it was deposit on Wednesday and Thursday, but then Friday was skipped and then there's a deposit on Monday. You don't just kind of stop and, oh, I have a finding. I'm going to go write this up. You go and you talk to the uh, folks who are in charge, uh, who are in charge, the, the management, and say, hey, you know, the policy says this, but I noticed uh, this in my field work and kind of ask them, like, why why wouldn't the cash have been deposited on Friday? And, and they'll give you some sort of explanation. You know, maybe it is a finding, but but maybe like, oh, you got to read further down on our policy that our wherever we bank, the institution we bank at, maybe they're closed on Friday. So uh, this, you know, there's an explanation for it, and that's that's part of auditing. As you read the policies, as you feel like you're getting more and more comfortable, then you start gauging what it is you're auditing and kind of making judgment calls. Is this right? Is it wrong? And anytime you find something, you want to take it back to your auditee to make sure, hey, am I, am I looking at this right? Do you agree that this is a problem? And if you've got a good, that process down, it it makes the, the exit conference a lot easier and the report even more solid because you say, here's a finding, and the auditee will say, yeah, that's a finding, you know, an area we didn't see. Um, and it just, just makes the process uh, uh, more streamlined. So after an audit is, is completed, there is uh, an agreement to the facts meeting. And I think we, we, we touched briefly on it um, in our last episode with Sydney and the uh, Cottonwood Softball Complex. But what goes into the, a little bit more into that agreement to the facts meeting? Because this is before the audit's published. Right. So hopefully, I mean, we, we would hope that Anytime our auditors have a finding or they have an issue or they find something that they think is a risk, that they would have taken it back to management. But this is a time for the, the management of our office, namely uh, the audit managers, the, our director, Richard and myself, to, to have a face-to-face or sometimes it's a, a Skype meeting with the managers of our auditee to make sure that there's no surprises. We don't ever want to issue an audit report saying, here's our findings, and then uh, have the auditee come back and say, oh, well, you said this is a finding, but we've got this explanation. This is uh, this is really a, a, a nil issue. Uh, we want to make sure that we have communicated back and forth, and it's just one of those kind of uh, endpoints where we can make sure as we go through the findings that the auditee has been made aware of it, that, that they agree with the findings. And sometimes they might disagree like with our recommendations, but they, they have a, a different mode that, that will uh, reduce the risk of our finding. And, and that's fine. We're, we're not there to tell management 
what to do or how to do. We make recommendations, uh, but if they want to accept the risk or mitigate it in a different way, as long as the outcome is the the same, we're, we're going to uh, be in alignment with that, and that's a management decision. Well, and, be, and before we have that agreement to the facts meeting, the auditee gets a copy of a draft report. Correct. Um, and they can they can uh, help clarify issues or, um, for example, on that Cottonwood, we we referenced, I think, something like a sports office and Parks and Rec came back to us and said, to them, sports office means this building. We had no idea that that's the terminology they used. Right. That, you know, that was an easy fix. Um, but I think it's really important for the for the public to know, for management, that everybody's kind of involved throughout the entire process. Right, right. And our audit function is not a "Hey, we got you" type thing. We don't we don't try and issue these things in the middle of the night uh, with with the thought that we're gonna be able to point the finger at someone and stick it to them. We we put all our cards on the table. We send the auditee our audit report our draft audit report, and, and we actually ask them, hey, please give us comments uh, for each of these findings, who's going to be the point of contact, essentially who's in charge of uh, remediating this risk or, or, or closing a loophole, uh, what their response is, the time frame for when they think they're going to have it completed, because uh, we want to incorporate that into our, our final audit report that we issue on our website. Well, so um, I think that's our our episode for today. Hopefully, um, you know, our tens of listeners understand a little bit more of the audit process, that it's not, uh, that the audit process here in Salt Lake County is not for political vendetta, for picking enemies, because I do think that is one maybe assumption or misconception and, and that's in auditing in general nationwide that it can be used as a, as a tool, as a weapon that we're very methodical and our findings are all based upon, you know, you know there, there's evidence that supports it and we're trying to, you know, do a, do a risk assessment, what's our risk and that we don't have the findings already written before the audit starts. For sure. That's one of the most important parts about being an auditor is to maintain your independence. You need to be uh, objective um, and, and unbiased and kind of look at every audit as a, as a clean slate and, um, and not, you know, if you've looked at a department in the past and there were issues or maybe you didn't get along with somebody, uh, you, you've got to kind of wipe that all off the table and, and start clean that, um, you can't have any preconceived notions. And to some extent, you know, you're, you're never going to eliminate that uh, all the way. But that's why we have an audit team. That's why we have teams of auditors that go out and they work together. It goes up through a management review. And another reason why it's important that we have an audit committee that we've incorporated. Uh, just just another check and balance uh, for auditing here in Salt Lake County. Okay, well, once again, thanks for uh, for listening, and uh, we'll be back again with another topic as we explore auditing and also our property tax division. Mm-hmm.